0: You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest Will Stone is a leatherman and world traveler. In his 50s, he relocated to San Francisco and decided to fulfill a longtime fantasy of having sex in front of the camera, including scenes for Bear Films and a still photography shoot for Mark I. Chester's Street Sex Project. Will has put his experience to good use, now writing about travel and events for Fetish Magazines and his own website, Leathermen Travel. Hi, Will. Thanks for being on Sexual Heroes today.
1: Hi, Robert. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we get started with the interview, I just have a favor. A friend of mine is having uh, his 55th birthday. It'll be a few days after this episode gets released. And he asked if you could uh, wish him a happy birthday. His name is Gino.
1: Gino? hmm Gino, I hope you have a great birthday, and I hope you have a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: okay thanks. And uh, Gina wasn't very concerned about me wishing him a happy birthday, but I'm going to say it anyway. Happy birthday, Gino! and screw you for <laughs> not caring if I said it or not. Okay. Will, you are a lot of things, but uh, first we'll talk about the fact that you're a leather man. Yes. How new is that for you?
1: Leather, and I'm going back over 30 years now, I used to be a little intimidated and scared, but but probably even more than that, intrigued. I found it very interesting. And, and then I started going to leather bars and feeling very turned on by guys in leather. And, um, you know, sex, that was a little, little beyond the vanilla role-playing. And um, I would love having sex in leather. Um, I'd, I'd much rather have sex in leather than naked. And it's the same thing with porn. I always preferred leather porn. than I mean, it has to be really hot. For me to get into leather where guys are just naked for years, I enjoyed having leather sex, but it was only about 10 years ago when I was living in Boston and I reached out um, just online through recon, I think, just saying I was interested in getting involved, you know, not just having sex, but more in the community. So it was only 10 years ago I joined a club in Boston and that's when I really found community in the leather community in addition to really hot sex. And then I moved to San Francisco six years ago, and this couple that was in leather—I met them a few times before I moved here—and they introduced me to everyone. And so, really fast, I got—I got to be really welcomed by the leather community here in San Francisco, and it's been—it's been great.
0: So leather's a big turn turnoff for you. You're, mm-hmm. you feel a part of the leather community. Is BDSM a part of that or, you know, a
1: Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I think when people say BDSM, they immediately go to the SM part of that, mm-hmm. which I enjoy a little bit, but, but I love, you know, I, I I'm submissive. I love being dominated and sure tie me up and restrain me and do stuff to me that'll get me turned on. And actually I do some demos. This friend of mine who uh, he has his own business where it's called kinky coach and guys come to him for sexual not a sex therapist but something like that where he'll help guys out with their sexual issues and it's very hands-on he and I have done a number of demos together where I've been the demo bottom for him we've done CBT and flogging and mummification and so I enjoy all that Type of stuff
0: you moved to san francisco when you were already in your 50s right uh-huh. and on your twitter page it says you you describe yourself as a daddy on the outside all boy on the inside uh-huh. can you say a little bit about that
1: um well first the easy part daddy on the outside i'm in my late 50s now and my my hair and my beard are pretty gray so that that's an obvious one but like I said, I'm, I'm very submissive and I enjoy being dominated. And I've always liked older guys. Um, or even, you know, at this point, a guy that just is, is mature, even if he isn't older than me. And I, I enjoy pleasing him and telling him what to do. And and I feel, you know, I feel boyish inside. But but mostly because I really enjoy being submissive and, and having a, a guy dominate me. And it's just a real turn on for me.
0: I've unfortunately seen comments online. At different times over the years, people have made comments that anyone past their 20s shouldn't be calling themselves a boy.
1: Mm-hmm. I've Wouldn't seen some say? of that too, but I've also gotten a lot of reinforcement, um, even younger dominant guys. say, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, I've seen relationships where a guy's younger and, and the guy who looks like a daddy is, is really the boy. So yeah, there is ju- judgment on that, but you know, that's their, Deal, and mm-hmm. as long as I'm having a good time, and you know, any guy that I'm with is is enjoying my submissiveness, then it doesn't matter what what someone judgmental is saying about that. I have thought about that myself too. That i old too old for this, but I've always gotten positive reinforcement about it. That it's what inside it's what's inside that matters.
0: Right. I've I've struggled with that at times myself because I'm um, I have been dominant, but I would say mostly tend to be submissive and do i identify as a boy a slave i usually mm-hmm. just think of myself as a sub but uh, dominant players that i've been with have referred to me as boy and mm-hmm. that's fine that's yeah. fine so i actually it's a turn-on for me i mm-hmm. uh,
1: get really turned on when a guy is I don't know. Maybe I just have daddy issues. <laughs> I don't know. It's very possible, actually. But um, I get really turned on when a guy calls me boy, and I feel like that's how I feel inside, and the guy's recognizing that, and he's going to use that for us both to have a good time. That's, that's a real turn-on for
0: me. Have you played with much younger dominant men in their 20s and 30s?
1: Uh, no, really, I haven't. Uh, well, at least not since I've been in my 40s and 50s. I actually... Even though I say all daddy on the inside, I am I'm pretty good as a daddy, as a dominant guy. There's a younger guy here in San Francisco that I played with a number of times. He's in his 20s, and um, he's just loved what I've done with him. Um, at first, you know, because I hadn't been dominant in a long time, and I was thinking I was doing maybe what I would like someone to do with me, and then I wasn't sure how he was taking it. But then afterwards, he said, yeah, "You've you just made my my leather fantasies come true. So that that gave me confidence that, that, yeah, I still have it. I still have it. I can still be the daddy too. Uh, But no, I haven't, not that I'm adverse to it. um, Even though, like I said, I do prefer older guys, but it would be interesting to, um, to submit to a younger guy.
0: Yeah. I, it's not something I had often thought about lately. I've been thinking that might be interesting.
1: Mm hmm. Now, one of the porn shoots I did was with a guy I said to him, like, you're half my age. And he was at the top because I'm all the porn I've done, I've been a bottom. And um, so that would be the closest, but it wasn't like a role playing dominant thing at all, even though he nice. was topping me. But even that was sort of fun. Just know, like I said, knowing this guy's half my age and trying to think, you know, how old was I when this guy was born and how much, <laughs> how much sex was already gay sex was I already having when this guy was born. And now, you know, where he's fucking me in front of a camera. But um, it's fun. But but I do prefer older
0: guys, though. The first mainstream porn shoot that I did was for uh, Falcons Jocks line, and I was in my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And at the time, back then, this was the turn of the century. Uh, they were referring to me as Daddy on the set <laughs> back then. I was only in my uh, <laughs> thirties. You. You decided in your fifties to start doing some porn.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, I'd fantasize it since I was in my thirties, so maybe about twenty years or so. And I just thought it would always always thought it would be fun to do. And when I moved to San Francisco from Boston, and you know, I told friends like I move out to San Francisco and I am going to do daddy porn, people I talked about were, were actually somewhat supportive of it. And I didn't do it right away when I moved here. Probably after a few years, and um, you know, it's something I still thought of. But my friend that I mentioned that I do demos with, he actually used to be one of the head producers at Titan, so he had he had experience in, in that field. Finally, when I was ready to do it, I um, had him take pictures of me for to submit. Also, um, I had some friends. Uh, one is Christian Mitchell. He and I go way back, about 25 years, back when um, I actually used to live in L.A., we're friends from there, then he started doing a lot of porn. And then another friend of mine from Boston who's in Fort Lauderdale now, he's Steve Summers, um, he's done a lot of porn too. So they were sort of my mentors even before I started doing it, just when I was, you know, trying to think, do I really want to do this? So I talked with them a lot, and they, they gave me a lot of advice and a lot of encouragement. Actually, uh, Steve Summers, when I just was ready to start doing it, and I just didn't know if I could bear watching myself, I said to him, you know what, after I do one, and actually the first one that came out was what I did, what I did with him, which was great. But beforehand, I said, maybe you'll watch it and let me know what you think, <laughs> because I'm sort of afraid to watch it. But you know what, I watched the first, the ones that came out first, and I got really turned on. <laughs> I was um I loved it. I loved watching myself just sort of being a pig on camera. Um I'm, I'm really an exhibitionist anyway, so it's hot for me knowing that there are guys all over the world, you know, getting off watching me you know suck off in mm-hmm. front of the camera.
0: I remember standing in a bar once in Fort Lauderdale, a leather bar, and looking up at the monitor and I was, it was me in a a video. And, uh, and that was, that was fun looking around at everybody else, looking at the monitor, watching the scene (laughs) and I was standing right there. So how did the fantasy of doing porn compare to the reality of making it? Did it, did it match up or? Well, it's funny.
1: I remember the the first one I did and, you know, I'm a bottom, so I was getting fucked and, The director, he would have us, you know, suck cock or fuck in a certain position, then yell cut. And every time he yelled cut, I'd go, I got to take a piss and run run, run to the bathroom. But (laughs) um, it was, you know, it was was a little weird, Um, especially because, you know, it feels good. Getting fucked feels good. But knowing that I'm not just getting fucked really what I'm doing is performing for the camera So guys all over the world can see this. So that's going through my head. Uh, so it was a little odd, but it was fun. Cause you know, it feels good. And uh, the next time, like I said, was with Steve Summers who he and I were already buddies and he and I could not keep our hands off each other before the, well before the director was ready to start. So we were really into it. And, um, So when the camera started rolling and and we were having sex, it it was great because, you know, we've had sex before. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. something very comfortable. It was just, we just had a good time. Um, You know, you have to make sure, you know, you know where the camera is so you're not blocking the camera or stuff like that. Otherwise we just, we just went for it as if, you know, we had before when we were doing it, just, just buddies fucking. Uh, One time though, it's not a professional porn shoot, but one of the videos on Xtube was the hottest one I've done. That one, well, one reason why it was the hottest, it was the three of us and we were on full leather. And so I was just super turned on. One guy, I'd I'd done a couple of videos with previously, the other guy was visiting in town and we just really hit it off. You know, if you watch this video, I am moaning and getting into it. And when the camera turned off, I said to him, that's not acting. I'm just really, really (laughs) getting into this. So so it's you know if if the if you're into the guys and you're having a time and it feels good then you know just the camera just happens to be going and like I said I'm an exhibitionist exhibitionist anyway so let the more the more guys that can see it the better.
0: Is that XTube video still up?
1: One that a friend of mine I've, I've done all his videos are gone. You know there was a couple the mm-hmm. couple that I've done with him all his videos are gone and then another one Kurt Jacobs who does some porn. He's the one that I mentioned that we've done some videos before. So fortunately, that one is still up. I was very relieved. I was annoyed that the other ones were gone, but thank God that the best one, the one I enjoyed the most, and it's gotten a lot of great feedback, is still up. So I guess that one, for some reason, saved for for posterity. It's called Leather Daddy Bear Breeding, I think.
0: Okay, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Is there more porn in your future, or is this something that's behind you now?
1: And to be honest, my after the first year, my career sort of stalled. <laughs> um, part part of it was there was a change in who was heading up production at Bear Films. So I don't know if that's that's part of it. But after that, I did four altogether, and then um, after that, I've done a bunch of X tubes, which of course you know, there's just the one that that's still up there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'd love to do more. Obviously, this has been a year for. Chilling out and right. waiting for things to get better. You know, I'm just ready to do all sorts of things <laughs> once it's safe again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to it.
0: This is a great segue. You mentioned, you know, this is a year for chilling, and people are kind of looking forward to when this whole pandemic is behind us. One of the other things that you have done is put together a website called Leatherman Travel, Travel.com, and it, well, actually, why don't you just tell us a little bit about it?
1: Sure, it's it's a very basic website. It's just basically a series of lists, but it's lists of cities all over the world. And I'm really happy that it really is getting to be very um, global. I recently added Australia, and it's not just bars. I mean, that's the first thing people think of—bars or bathhouses, things that Leatherman will do, but. I expanded it to hotels that um, maybe you know are a place where leathermen can be comfortable going. Restaurants where maybe you may or may not see guys in leather, but it's you, you may see leathermen there whether or not they're in leather. Barbers that locals go to, uh, tattoo shops, and events. Obviously, events throughout the year, <laughs> and even um, what I've done is. I've added in sites to see, so not like you're going to New York and you're going to see the Statue of Liberty. Not that, but more like AIDS memorials and there's um, LGBT art museum. So things that are more of gay interest that mm-hmm. guys may not normally hear about just by looking online or a travel guide or something. Uh, I I love to travel. I've traveled a lot both um, personally and for work and. I was going to, Am- this is a while ago, I was going to Amsterdam and obviously wanted to you know, hit the bars in Amsterdam, but I was curious, like, what are the, what, where are the other places to leathermen go to? So I did a search and found this restaurant, this cafe, and sure enough, I went there and a couple of guys, not together, but just single, uh, singly came in in full leather. So I thought that was cool. And But I had a hard time finding things like that for other places. So I thought, well, why don't I put something together? And the response has been very positive. I was overwhelmed by the positive response, especially during the downtime this year. I spent a lot of time adding new places. So, right now, I've got US, Canada, Australia, and Europe pretty well covered. I'm adding some more places in Europe, but I'd love to add some off the beaten uh, path places too, like South Africa, Japan, uh, South America. So I know there's I've been in touch with with guys in most of those places and I've told them but yeah I'd love your input so I, like I say on the site it, it's the world's only comprehensive site for for letterman traveling around the world and and the more I work on that the more it becomes true
0: so you're drawing on your personal experience but you're also welcoming welcoming information from sources all over the world
1: yeah and actually not just welcome me, but I, I rely on it. Um, you know, the first place I did was San Francisco, of course, um, because, you know, I've lived here for a number of years now and, and know what the scene is, but, you know, I can't do that for Stockholm. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been to Stockholm, but, but a guy there uh, helped me out. And so I was pretty happy with the result and I've done that with, with, with lots of places. I was, you know, I'll hit up my friends on, Post online, hey, do you know anyone in the leather community in Detroit? You know, I can do all the research I can myself, but it it really makes more sense to have local input. I get local input to make sure that it's accurate and relevant. So I I depend on that. And and it's great. Now I have these connections all over the world. A lot of these guys, I I can't wait to to go to Stockholm and meet this guy that that helped me out online.
0: Being that we're deep in the pandemic right now, is this something that, people want to hear about
1: other than very recently um i haven't promoted it a lot this this year because you know you don't want to even though i'd love people to get traffic to my website i don't want to put it in their faces that yeah we can't travel right now but but here here's something about travel Um, i have very recently like within the past couple weeks with the vaccine coming out which means hey there's a light at the end of the tunnel but no um and actually you know, there are a couple a couple times when I did post it in the group and people thought I was encouraging irresponsible behavior. I said, no, no, that's not what I'm doing. And actually, I took that as feedback. So now when I do put it out during this time, I say, you know this is for future reference for when um, it's safe to travel again. and please note that some of the places that are on the site, Maybe permanently closed. So make sure you, you click on the link and find out the, what the current status of the place is. So yeah. it's actually been a silver lining that while people aren't traveling now, that I've really, really put a lot of work into it and, and added a lot of places. So when the magic day happens, when we can comfortable, feel comfortable about getting on a plane again and going to Europe or Australia or someplace, that here, here's a resource for you that um, is is pretty well built out for most places that you're likely to go.
0: Speaking just for myself, I I obviously haven't been doing any leisure travel this past year, but I love to think about where's my next trip going to be, whenever that is. And it's nice to know that there's going to be a resource to help me. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Hope you get good use out of it. When when things do open up, what do you mm-hmm. think is going to be a big hot spot?
1: Definitely Berlin. Uh, I, I keep track on my side of what the most popular places are that people are clicking on, which, which cities. And Berlin is almost always on top. And I think Fort Lauderdale and, and Palm Springs also uh, here in the States. Uh, especially Fort Lauderdale is getting bigger and bigger. And you know, obviously, for the West Coast, Palm Springs is a hot spot, um, but Berlin is Berlin is sort of you know Mecca right now in the world for for the leather community, so that that is the hot spot. And then also, I saw an article in Alpha Tribe recently that was surmising that possibly Folsom Europe in Berlin in September, you know that that may be the target for the first event that we get to go to again. I have a lot of friends. I had friends that were planning on going to Berlin this year for Folsom Europe, obviously couldn't. It's the place on everyone's mind and on the tip of everyone's tongue.
0: It's definitely been on the tip of my tongue lately, actually.
1: (laughs) Palm Springs, Leather Pride, too. That's in October, which is a little later, so that maybe that's even a surer bet. I was really bummed I had to miss it this year.
0: It was... Uh yeah, I was disappointed that we didn't have it. Last year I had a really good time and I look forward to it hopefully happening in 2021. It's become a really big yeah. um a big event, a big destination.
1: Yeah, it is. I know I have friends from Europe that come to it and it's it's one of their favorite events in the states.
0: Yeah, and it's right in my backyard. <laughs> it just seems like this country is sexually shutting down everywhere. It's just not the same. The, the sex clubs gone, the bars Mm -hmm. closing. Is there a place right now in the country where it's a little more sexually open?
1: First place I think of is Fort Lauderdale. Mm. (laughs) That's why my, um, I had an article that came out recently in Alpha tribe and I, about Fort Lauderdale and I, I called it where the pigs are, Thinking of Pig Week in Fort Lauderdale, but also I'm showing my age here, playing off the old uh, Connie Francis song "Where the Where the Boys Are,"
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, which took place in Fort Lauderdale. Um, So yeah, definitely Fort Lauderdale is is one of the I think is one of the most sexual places in the country right now. But I will say, you know, having moved to San Francisco from Boston after being here for a while, I keep telling everyone, but you live in San Francisco for a while, and it really brings out the whore in you. <laughs> and, and other than being in a relationship, in, in my 50s, I I'm probably having more sex than, not this year, of course, but more sex than ever. I guess maybe compared to Boston, San Francisco, is pretty sexually liberated. <laughs>
0: and I lived in Fort Lauderdale before I moved to California, actually. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Alpha Tribe, that you're writing for. for Alpha Tribe. I had not heard of that until you pointed me in that direction the other day.
1: Yeah, I've seen it here, and I've seen it in bars here, but I think it's a bigger thing in Europe. It it is based in Europe. Um, It's based uh, with guys in London and Belgium. It's a pretty hot fetish magazine. I started – my Fort Lauderdale article was my third article for them. It's actually funny how I started writing for them. I was in Berlin last year, and I was in Muchmans one of the big leather fetish bars there. And I was having a good old time sucking cock in the basement. And this one guy, um, no, I got down on my knees and started blowing them. And he he really got into me. Did you say something?
0: I called you a pig.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) 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 Um, and so he really got into my military demeanor. I, I used to, many decades ago. I was in the Navy. So I had that military training and um, he got into, you know, my responses and calling him sir. So he really enjoyed that. And and I enjoyed blowing him. The next night I was at the VIP party for Folsom Europe. I was actually there with Drummer because i had done some writing for Drummer, the newly re-released Drummer magazine. As I was getting ready to leave, I saw him and I just walked up to him and I said, Thanks for the load last night. <laughs> so I introduced myself and gave him the card from my website. And he looked at the card on my website and he said, oh, you're from the U.S. You do travel. Maybe maybe you should start writing travel articles for AlphaTrot." So I said, well, it's one of the most fortuitous load jobs I've ever given. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got something fun out of it. I, I really enjoy writing the articles for for Alpha Tribe, I've gotten especially the Fort Lauderdale one. I got really great feedback. I get guys emailing me saying, "Wow, I really need to get to Fort Lauderdale." So I thought, okay, well, looks like I did my job of, of uh, making it sound like a fun place to be. We've you know tried to pick cities around the world, so it's not not just writing about the U.S. So um, the first one I did was Chicago and Cleveland, which was Italian to Claw and IML. But the next one was Madrid, which got well received too. Then the one I Oh, I know what I was going to say. I have a. The next one is going to be about Australia, but this one was about Fort Burdendale. So yeah, you know, we're just trying to have it all over and not just be the same old places.
0: Well, when the bars start opening up again and things are back to normal, uh, I guess I need to start sucking more dick so I can <laughs> get a gig like that.
1: <laughs> I have just been thinking about having a dick in my mouth so much lately.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people have been. Is there anything else you'd like to share? with everybody about your experience with the leather scene, with porn, with travel.
1: One thing I was going to say, travel, in addition to going to leather events and stuff, I, I do some just like sightseeing. I do a lot of sightseeing travel. Like, unfortunately I had to cancel a trip to Spain this year, which is going to be, you know, I would have hit up some of the bars maybe in Madrid, but it was primarily for sightseeing, but it's great to see, like I was in Singapore In Singapore homosexuality is technically Illegal, yet they have a little gay community there, and and it's based in Chinatown in Singapore, which is pretty big. It was so cool walking by and seeing rainbow flags flying from balconies up up from bars there. I went to South Korea a couple years ago, and they actually have a district called Homo Hill. They have bars with suggestive names like Bottoms Up and Queen... And, oh, <laughs> one is just called eat me. And even the sign says eat me all night long. So it's great to see some <laughs> of these other cultures that you wouldn't expect it to see some liberation, you know, pride in the community and, the, and acceptance. So it, it's great to go to different places other than, you know, around the U.S. and Europe and, and still see that that there's burgeoning gay gay culture and, and even you know, sexualized culture around the world. Now I will say I've been to Dubai and places in that region. That place I didn't go looking for it, didn't come across it. <laughs> I figured it'd be best to stay away from anything right. like that because that can well, be dangerous.
0: There are places where it is dangerous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now like. in Bahrain, I understand I'm pretty sure it's Bahrain where homosexual homosexuality is not illegal, but yet, you know, don't even try being out or anything like that because life will not be good for you. But especially with the internet that I think that's one great thing about the internet is people all over the world can can find other people you know, I certainly didn't have that when I was 18 mm-hmm. and and see what goes on and find people in their community even though it still can be dangerous in some places but but it's been a very liberating and enlightening for people will,
0: will you have cautions or warnings on your website about places to be you know wary of
1: that's interesting because most you know I haven't you know, bothered putting places like that up. That, that's interesting though, to maybe say something like that. That's something I can think about. Thanks. Well, oh, let me tell you one other thing, you know, in my site, if you've seen it, I have bars, sex clubs and bathhouses, barbershops, like I've said, mm-hmm. but a friend of mine gave me this great suggestion. And I definitely plan on implementing it soon. I hope is clinics
0: mm-hmm. where you can
1: go get tested after you've been having a good time. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 what a great resource. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, I thought, wow. What you know? It's something I'd never thought of because I'm looking at places to go and have fun. But it, it's perfect. So that's a thing where I'm gonna, and it, you know, maybe a little. It's a good little reason, um, service announcement too, saying, hey, you know, when you're out having fun afterwards, think about keeping yourself and others safe too. So, so that's definitely something I'm planning on adding.
0: That sounds great. All right. Well, will thank you very much for being on the show today and for giving us something to look forward to.
1: Yeah, thanks Robert. Thanks for having me. I was really excited when you hit me up about doing this podcast interview with you and please everyone check out my site. We we're pretty confident that sometime in 2021 we're going to be able to travel again and and I've got a great resource ready for you. Obviously, you don't have to be a leather man. You can just be someone that likes going out and having sex in sleazy places and and you know, just maybe going out for a drink and meeting some manly men. And uh, please check it out.
0: For information with links about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow and message me on Twitter at Robert Black XXX and on Facebook at Real Robert Black.